Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Contrary to the popular stereotype of the terrible teenager, adolescence is not a period for parents to dread, says Psychology Today parenting expert Carl Pickard. In his new book, Holding On While Letting Go, Parenting Your Child Through the Four Freedoms of Adolescence, Dr. Pickard shares these four unfolding freedoms and helps parents navigate these challenging times. He's here to discuss the four freedoms and what adolescents are going through at each stage and how parents should react. Carl Pickard, PhD, is a noted psychologist, speaker, and parenting expert, now retired from private counseling practice. He received a BA and master's from Harvard and his PhD from the University of Texas at Austin. He's a member of the American and Texas Psychological Associations. He writes a popular parenting advice column for Psychology Today and has written some of the most practical and helpful books about important parenting issues, including The Connected Father, Stop the Screaming, The Future of Your Only Child, and Why Good Kids Act Cruel. A prolific author, he continues to write three distinct kinds of books, illustrated psychology, coming-of-age fiction, and nonfiction parenting advice. Holding On While Letting Go is his 17th parenting book. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor Assisted Living features 90 new private suites, supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Well, welcome, Carl. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It's good to be with you. Yes, it's very good. And, um, you know, we were just chatting before we started recording, but I really enjoyed, you know, you have your new book, Holding On While Letting Go, Parenting Your Child Through the Four Freedoms of Adolescence. And I told you as I was reading it, I was like, wait a second, I think I'm going through all four of these at one time. That's not right. That's not fair. Um, but, but I, but I actually am just because of the ages of my kids, how they're spread out. Um, I actually am. So this book was great, you know, a, a great for me personally. So I really just, um, want to talk to you about it. I know just with time, we won't get through everything, but there's a lot to say and you have a lot of great insight. Um, so, so let's just talk about your book. First of all, what made you write this particular book, holding on while letting go? Well, uh, partly I, I, I've been, I've written a bunch of parenting books over the years and increasingly I focused on the coming of age passage, which I I dearly love, and uh, and I, I I thought that the one what I try to, what I try to do is, is to structure the adolescence, the ten to twelve years coming of age passage, in ways that parents can 
kind of anticipate certain kinds of changes as they go from late elementary to middle school to high school to college. And I thought if I could lay it out that way, uh, maybe I could empower them to be a little, to anticipate a little more and be more likely to, less likely to be surprised when some of these changes happen. And I think that's, in counseling, that's one of the things that I frequently saw is that if people, a lot of times parents came in because they were surprised by changes that happened. And, and you know, when I kind of normalized a little bit how the process unfolded, you know, the surprise and the anxiety that went with that kind of lessened and understanding built. And I think it's, I think it's really important once your kid enters adolescence around ages nine to 13, that you have a rough sense of the possible changes that will predictably unfold over the next 10 to 12 years, because this is a, this is a transformational process. And sometimes parents, you know, say, well, you know, we're just going to have a terrible teenager. And what I try to tell them is that's, that is simply not true. <clears throat> I mean, childhood was magical in, in its way, but adolescence is really magical because you're seeing, you know, you're seeing a young girl transform into a young woman and a young boy into a young man. And that being part of that transformation to me is, is really exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just wanted to give parents a sense of how to frame the process, what they can anticipate, and often what they can do in response. And you do that in the book. And and I love why you were speaking. It made me think of a quote that I wrote down, one of your quotes, you know, when you choose to have a child, you have agreed to have an adolescent. Yeah, and it's right. like, whoa, yeah, because like you said, I think a lot of people just, I mean, having young, you know, young, young children, it is, it is magical and it's so fun and, and it is, it's magical. There's so many things and it's so, you know, everything is so exciting to them and new and you can just do all these magical things and, and they just, you know, usually just, you know, anything you say and do is wonderful, you know? And, uh, and so it is, it's a great, it's great time, but, and I think you're right. It's a mutual entrancement period. Yeah. You know, when all of a sudden you, you know, you start going through the detachment and the differentiation of adolescence and you're, you know, you're less compatible and you're less close in some ways. And you know, you look back in childhood and you say, Oh, look what I've lost. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that way, like you said. And yeah, all of a sudden it's like, boy, some of your ideas aren't so great as they used to be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all of a sudden it's like, no, that's a dumb idea. It's like, wait, you know. And so, um, yeah, and, and it is this change and it does seem like it happens like it feels to me as a parent, like it just happens overnight. Like, wait a second, there was no gradual, it feels that way a lot of times. Like, well, wait, when did that happen? Or, oh, that's different now. Or we're doing this now. Or, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it it just seems like it comes. There's a kind of a crash that happens. And it, 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 where we get so in love with childhood that we were protected by denial about the loss of childhood. So finally, at one point, we notice something and we say, wow, you know, I'm no longer parenting a child anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm parenting yeah. something growing older. And this is a different kind of experience in some ways requiring a different kind of parenting. 
Definitely a different kind of parenting. And I love that you said, you know, I, th- I do think a lot of parents think like, oh, it's just going to be terrible, those teenage years. And I know I, what I was like, and it's going to be, we're going to have conflict. But, and I once had a friend say to me, her kids were much older than mine. Uh, just you wait. Oh, you just wait. And I thought, no, I'm not, I'm not going to just wait. Because, you'll, you'll get yours. Yeah, that's that's exactly what she was saying. Not trying to be mean, but like, right. And I was like saying to myself, no, I'm, I'm actually, it's not going to be that way. Cause I'm just, I'm going to do anything I can. You can't control everything, but anything I can so that isn't that way. And I've fortunately so far, and I, I don't, it's not going to change now at this point, but my daughter that's in college, we have a wonderful close relationship Absolutely. and my son too, who's in high school, I said, and then my middle, my, he, my middle's in high school and my youngest is in sixth grade. So I have the whole range here of your book, but you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Again, you can't control everything. And sometimes they make choices and you make choices, but you don't have to just, it's not automatically going to be this horrible time. And it's, you know, parenting them when they're younger, like we said, we just talked about how that was so fun and magical. And, and I do, I do find myself missing and longing for that sometimes, but Parenting them now is actually, they amaze me. Absolutely. Yeah, because you, they're also, they are, they're entering a world that is different from the world you and I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And so they're almost, they're like, emiss- they're like emissaries to the new world. And they're, you know, they're opening it up for us with their experience, you know, and they're telling us what it's like and what it's about. Yeah. Oh, they're teaching us in all kinds of fabulous ways. Right. And to see them, you know, growing and and being able to be independent and make these decisions like that to me is something that I, that that's, that, that amazes me, you know? And so that part of parenting, it is really cool to see, you know, I've tried to pour myself into them and it's not because of me, you know, necessarily, but you know what I mean? It's just the, now you kind of see like, oh, wow, you know, these things I've done to have good communication, these things I've done to try to foster their independence, it's, right. it's working. And so to see that is really cool too, to me as a parent. That's a really good, that's a really good statement. I think that as you look at adolescence unfolding and you see your kid, you know, making really, you know, strong and functional choices for themselves, what that says is that you help provide a basis for that more mature decision-making to take place. So it's, in that sense, it's very affirmative. Yeah, you can use that in your next book. It's okay. Um, (laughs) So let's look at, so the first one you have, you know, holding on while letting go, parenting your child through the four freedoms of adolescence. And the first one you say is freedom from rejection of childhood and to kind of stop acting just as a child. And that happens in the late elementary school years. Talk about that stage. uh, Yeah, nine to 13 generally. Mm -hmm. uh, There are a lot of signs that you see. I mean, Oh, I, I, there are some sweet ones. I mean, like like the child that uh, they want they want a name change because now they want to be treated and defined no longer as a little child or something older. So say that you know the daughter says you know don't call me Lindy anymore. My name is Melinda, and they sounds older, sounds more mature. Yeah, they want yeah. A, they want a more mature name. And then they, they typically, they, you start getting more, uh, more power of resistance and insistence so that uh, you, get more, you get more active resistance in terms of 
disagreement and you get more passive resistance in terms of delay and you get more insistence, you get more push, you know, from the child to get what they want. And also you start getting that, that's all part of the detachment that starts happening to get more separation between you because that's what adolescence is about. It's about creating sufficient separation so that ultimately the young person can stand on their own independent footing. But the other thing is that it's also a process of differentiation where what they're saying and what they're just starting to do at the outset is they want to be less alike parents than they used to be, and in some ways less liking or more critical of parents because now all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to differentiate. Uh, So you get, I mean, the outset is really complicated because now you have the kid who's more self-dissatisfied than they used to be with their looks, their capacity. They're looking around them and kind of trying to gauge where they are in terms of where other kids are. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times they're, you know, they, they can be more bored and restless because they've, you know, I mean, adolescence is is tough in the sense that it begins with loss and the kid is going to have to say, I no longer want to be defined and treated as just a little child anymore. But that's, that's a whole, that has a lot of value to them. So it's almost like adolescence at the beginning is an act of courage. They have to give up that. And now they're, they're not sure how they want to be different, how they want to be more, more different. And, 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 and they start feeling more distracted and more disorganized. And it's harder to get their attention concentrated than it was before. Uh, and a lot of times the kid will be, the early adolescent will be maybe a little less similar and a little less confiding with parents than they used to be. So you're getting more, you know, you're getting more abrasion. You're getting a little more distance building between you. Uh, and that's a, you know, that's a, that's why I think the early adolescence is, is really an act of courage because it, a lot of times parents get focused on their own loss and they forget that the child is also sustaining a significant loss. They can never to childhood again. And that's, that's a hard thing. And they're braving it through. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase. And it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. You know, as you were speaking, I I can think of times, you know, my youngest and um, probably just because the memory is, you know, fresher because she's the youngest, but she would say, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to grow up. Or I, I tell her, you know, don't grow up. You're not allowed to get any older. You know, you have to stay just like you are. And she would say, oh, I wish I could. And I think part of her, it's that, yeah, like she wants to grow up, but you're right. I mean, part of it is kind of like, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that, you know, for right now. And and I also think like some people maybe are in, do you see this? They maybe are in a rush to get to this stage or through this stage and where they're, let them be, they still have that little kid, you know, they're still that little child partly. So like, let them grow up, but let them also be kids still. Well, I think, I mean, part of that is the, uh, 
is a, is what you say is, is that adolescence begins with ambivalence for the child. They want to grow up, but they don't want to let go, so they're they're caught in a you know in a hard place. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's the that's the kind of it can be confusing for yeah. the parent. You know, well, which way do you, do you want me to? be with you and you want me to let you alone and now there's a whole series of mis- mixed messages that the, that the early adolescent is sending you know you know leave me alone you know you always leave me alone well, <laughs> yeah and they want they don't know they both ways and it's yeah hard. and i think at this age it's kind of like maybe it's time to let them choose maybe their outfits and their hair or like for school within reason, obviously. But I I think some parents, you know, push back on that and, you know, they still want to put them in the granimals and they don't, they don't want that (laughs) anymore. Well, that's mine, but that's a, that's a, that's a great uh, statement because that, that is an early, early one. I mean, the the kid wants to redefine and, you know, and then the parents are thinking, well, what do you mean? You're not going to, look that way, act that way anymore. And, you know, you're still my child. And yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's so sweet. You get everybody is, everybody's dancing with change on this one and trying to, you know, redefine in new terms without knowing exactly what the new terms are going to be yet. Right. And I think too, like, don't take it personally. You know, I, right. I, I, I've been at the store with my youngest, you know, I'm like, oh, what about this? And it's something that she used, would love, would have loved maybe even just a year ago. And she's like, uh, no, you know? And <laughs> so, you know, and I just, I just can't take it personally or, or be sad, you know? And I'm like, all right, I get it. You know? And so I, you just kind of have to roll with things like that too. I well, think. That, but that's a huge, that's a huge statement that she made. I mean, definitely. I think the first freedom is is the freedom from rejection uh and but and parents need to understand that that is not a rejection of them mm-hmm. it's the child's rejection of the way they were previously treated and defined and they want something different and they're communicating that mm-hmm. to the parent and and when they're saying you know don't treat me that way anymore that's not a rejection of the parent it's a rejection of the old treatment and the desire to redefine in older terms. That's great. Yep. All right. Next one was freedom with association with peers, you know, to form a second family of friends. And this is middle school. And this is where everybody's like, oh, you know, dun, 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 you know, middle school. But again, it doesn't have to be um, that way. But they're looking for, you know, you mentioned you know, more space and the, the privacy conflict comes in and right. everything with peer groups and all of that. Yeah, I think the, uh, I mean, usually somewhere around the middle school age, most kids, I think, have started to enter puberty. So their body is in revolution. They don't know how it's going to come out. They have a lot of anxieties. They have every day they start, you know, essentially traumatizing themselves by looking in the mirror and seeing the changing body that they have to take to school and what are people going to say. And so there's much more self-consciousness. That's why you definitely would and certainly by the middle school age you have to have the tease free home there is right. no teasing allowed in our family i like that uh because uh, the kid is too easily hurt mm-hmm. uh and they will not necessarily say they've been hurt but they will get angry which is the expression of hurt 
Yeah, a lot of people think that's just normal. Siblings are going to just do that to each other. But no, no. No, the treatment at home, you learn the basics of how to treat people. And even though you can have a, you know, you can still have rivalry among siblings in the family, how that rivalry is managed is absolutely uh, subject to parent supervision. Because that's how you learn to treat each other in the family is going to have a great bearing on how you learn to treat other people in other relationships. And also at this age, you can be really hurt very easily. And and if you're hurt, what you're going to do is you're either going to get angry or you're going to get very private or you're going to get both. Mm. Uh, and so to keep communication open, communication has to be safe. Uh, and you need that safety because now what happens is this kid is starting to form a second family of friends. Uh, and that's this competing social definition now that's ultimately going to lead them to end social independence at the end. But they're detaching from family. They're developing a new family of friends. And now they're subject to all kinds of pressures about conforming and belonging. And, and then at worst, you get, and I think it generally at peaks in middle school, you, you know, you get, uh, you can get um, significant mistreatment and, and social cruelty as kids jockey with each other. And you can get the teasing and the excluding and the bullying and the rumoring and the ganging up. Um, and that doesn't happen uh, to all kids by any means, but I think most kids see it anyhow. Mm -hmm. so they know that there's more social jeopardy than there was before. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, it's really, a. <laughs> sometimes I think, you know, what these kids ought to be, ought to be told, you know, each day is, you know, you're really, you're, you're really brave to go off to school some days, mm -hmm. you know, when you know that hard social stuff is happening around you. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like for, for us, it's been good just to kind of talk through some things and hopefully they never happen, but like if they were, you know, you don't want them like being afraid or like, this is going to be horrible, but you know, Hey, um, you know, if this were to happen or what, what would this situation, what's something you could say, or when they say, you know, uh, like you said, they see something else. It's like, well, what would you do if you were in that situation? And then also you be the one to say something. And I think all this comes back, you know, with confidence and self-esteem and, and everyone's at different stages and levels of that. So yeah, it can be a rough time. It doesn't have to be like you said, that it isn't for everyone, but, but no matter what, they're still changing and going through, you know, different changes in their body and they're noticing all these things. And right now they're going to look at the picture and like pick it apart and, you know, look at every little thing, you know, when they're younger, they don't do that. And, um, so all of those kind of things and, and, you know, privacy, I think you talk about this a lot in the book, in this section, that's a big part of this stage, right? Because they, they want privacy and they need to start getting some privacy, but then, I don't think you should just say like, yes, you have complete privacy because they're not able to, you know, their brain isn't formed enough to make, you know, the best decisions. Well, I think also, I mean, usually a lot of times emblematic of privacy is the bedroom. Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes at the extreme, you'll get the kid who says, you know, this is my room. I've closed the door and you need to keep out. And, you know, and what the parent needs to say is, no, that is your room to live in. Yeah, but it's also our home to live in, you know, and I will have the, you know, I will exercise 
sufficient supervision over your, you know, over your living space and how you're living in it, you know, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself okay. Uh, so that I'll respect your privacy on the one hand, and privacy is what you choose or choose not to tell me. But in terms of, you know, what, you know, having, quote, private sanctuary in the home, you know, without any kind of oversight, you know, you will not have that. Right. Yeah. And that's a great, that's great information. And I think being um, not worried about they're going to get mad or having a big conflict. So, you know what, fine. I'm just going to let them, you know, stay up there and, you know, (laughs) behind closed doors and do whatever or taking it as, well, they just need privacy. And yeah, but like you said, not just carte blanche, you know. There's a huge amount. If if you can, it's almost like when the kid hits middle school, if you can say to the kid, look, I want to, you know, I want to be there for you as you go through a more complicated social time in your life. And what I promise you is I will give you absolute, you know, non-evaluative listening to what you choose to share. And, you know, and if I can help you think about, you know, what's going on in these situations or how to deal with these situations, you know, I'd really like to be there for you in this way. Uh, so that if you can start building that kind of an alliance, uh, particularly in middle school, it really helps and it sets a good basis, you know, for the high school years. Yeah, that's really good. So the third one, I would love to talk about each of these more and more, but just with time. And like I said, you know, if, I would encourage everyone to get the book and delve deeper into, you know, each each um, of these freedoms, each of these age groups. So yeah. the third one you have is freedom for advanced experimentation, and that's high school. You know, they're they're becoming more adult at this time, and they're experimenting with different things. Not not all bad, but right. what about this stage? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, think, I mean, think of an entering high school freshman. Mm. And you've got three grades of older kids, you know, on top of you. Uh, and so, you know, compared to them, you are a, you're a know-nothing and they're a know-everything. And somehow you've got to catch up. Uh, and now you realize that, you know, the only way to find out about a lot of these things is to experiment with some of these things. Uh, and so that's when, you know, a lot of significant curiosity and older risk-taking takes place. All, all I know to do is to be able to be upfront with your, your adolescent at this age and just say, I know these. this is an age where you're going to see a lot more worldly activity than you've ever seen before. You're going to be seeing some of your friends experimenting with it. Mm-hmm. You may want to, you may decide to experiment yourself. Uh, and, you know, what, you know, what we want you to understand is that you have a good mind and you need to use that mind to essentially take predictive responsibility for more risk-taking that you're going to be doing so that before you decide to do something you haven't done before, you just stop and think and say, well, you know, what are the rewards? 
What are the risks? Are the rewards worth the risk? And if, in fact, you know, the risks turn to dangers, you know, what is my backup plan? And so you want to teach the kid to protect themselves by taking the time to think ahead and to notice what's going on around them. Uh, and, and, and to let the kid know that when you describe some of these things, you know, that I'm, you know, that are scary to me as your parent and, you know, and in, in some ways, I, you know, I wish you wouldn't be exposed to, I am not going to, you know, I'm not going to come down on you and, and condemn you or criticize you or punish you. What I want to do is I want to say, we need to talk about this because all of these dangers from here on out are going to be part of your growing world of older independent experience. So we come back to how are you going to take care of yourself around this older risk taking? And how are you going to take the time to think before you act? Build a lifestyle that suits you at McGregor and choose how to spend your days. We recognize that finding meaning in our retirement years is foremost. We promote health and wellness throughout our campus where you can enjoy our walking paths, visit with friends on any one of our patios and courtyards, and make new friends. Find meaning in your retirement years. Call McGregor at 216-220-2209. Starting when they're young and going through these, you know, the other, you know, the freedoms that you talked about, having that that good relationship with you and that that confidence and with with their with a parent that um, they will communicate and and come to talk to you about these things, right? Because that's what every parent wants. You know, they're afraid just we're going to be shut out and um, they're going to keep all these secrets and you know all that kind of stuff. And so obviously, they're not going to tell you every single thing probably every time, but just so that you have that open line of communication and they're, they can come to you and, and they know you're not gonna, you know, maybe freak out or. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good statement. I think you, and, and I think that's exactly true. I think it's, it is so hard, you know, here you and I are, are caring, you know, and, <laughs> and frightened parents in some ways. And we have to provide non-evaluative parenting. Uh, and the fear is what causes parents to get into the, the evaluative side. But the more they activate their evaluative side, the more they shut communication down. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, like I'll tell my kids sometimes I'm not, I'm really kind of, a lot of times it's more other people, you know, that I'm fearful of or don't trust, you know, um, if, if they think you don't trust me, it's like, no, I, I, it's other, other people really, you know, (laughs) that I don't know. So yes, it's, it's, you know, as you get older, you are growing into a larger, older world, you know, and within that world, there's all kinds of risk taking going on. And so I want us to be able to talk about what those risks might be. Right. Give them the tools. You know, yeah, like we talked about. It's great. So the last one, freedom to claim emancipation to become one's, you know, ruling authority. And this is, you know, the college age age years when this happens. Right. Yeah, well, that's the, in some ways, the, the hardest stage of adolescence comes last because now, 
this kid is wrestling with the reality of assuming their own personal independence. And there's a huge burden of responsibility. Uh, and what you hope is that your child has learned by this time about the choice consequence connection and that they will learn from that and they'll learn from the good consequences and they'll learn from the unhappy consequences. But also they're going to be, there's, it's a hugely demanding time. Uh, and so now there's just all kinds of change demands in terms of doing more and better and new and different than they've done before. And there's stress associated with that. And they're confronting, you know, issue of future direction. What am I going to do with myself, for myself, to advance myself and take care of myself? What kinds of expectations should I have for myself? And there's a lot of, there are episodes of anxiety at this age because the kid feels honorably overwhelmed sometimes. And that's okay. Uh, if at this time parents have essentially repostured themselves with their kids, so now they like with the with the young adolescents, they had a vertical relationship that was they were the authority over the over the child. The last stage of adolescence, you need to have a horizontal relationship. I as the parent am not in any way in charge of your life. You are not in any way really answerable to me. You are now answerable to yourself. What I would like to be is, you know, your, you know, your person who can be there for you to help you sort out what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and to do that, that means that I'm going to be a you know, I'm just, I'll be a listening and a resourceful presence for you. So you do not have to go through this very challenging period of assuming functional independence just by yourself. We can talk about that and we can talk about the challenges. And if you want, I will share with you my own experience, you know, that I had with some of these issues coming up, because maybe there's something you can learn from what happened to me. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's knowing at this stage and age, you know, when to maybe interject your opinion and your advice and when to just listen. You know, my daughter, we talk all, all the time. She's at college, but, you know, I can tell a lot of times, you know, she'll call and just wants to tell me something maybe that's going on that happened, but she doesn't really, I, I, I just listen. And then, you know what I mean? Like, and then I can tell when she, you know, usually I can tell sometimes she'll say like, aren't you going to, you know, <laughs> Are you going to tell me advice? I'm like, oh, I thought you wanted me to just listen. So, so, but, um, you know, I think just that communication or sometimes I'll even ask her, do you want my opinion on it? Do you want me to give you my advice? And she'll say yes, usually. Or sometimes she's like, no, it's fine. I, I know what to do. I'm just one event. That's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what you're saying is I am available, you know, should you wish to have, you know, any kind of, you know, input from me and I am also available, you know, to be with you and, you know, and, and not share any opinions, you know, and just share my love for you. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages, starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, 
You and your family will find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives at every skill level. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Beck Center even offers creative arts therapies for all ages and all abilities in music, dance, theater, and visual arts in a private lesson or group class setting at a school, clinic, or on the campus. If someone in your life is autistic, these services are highly beneficial. Great progress can be made through arts therapy at any step in a client's journey. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. And you know, you talk about in this section, parents as mentors, and I think that's a hard, you know, that that's a hard thing to kind of slide to, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm still her parent. I'm still her mom. I'm always going to be her mom. You always need, you know, she's always going to need me, but, but I am more of, because she's there, she's away right now. And so she's making her day to day, you right. know, decisions. And she's not asking me, you know, day to day, you know, everyday thing. And that's great. That's what we want, right? We raise up. Okay. She's independent. She's capable. That's what we want, but it is hard still to, to, as a parent. Absolutely. Well, well, I mean, letting go is, uh, you know, is, right. uh, is, uh, is the hard part of parenting because, you know, you want to be able to take care of your child, no matter what the age is and you want to protect them if you can. But as you move from manager to mentor, which is what you're doing in this last phrase says in adolescence, you're essentially saying, I am here for me, for you to listen, you know, to help you problem solve if you want, and to share my own life experience if that is useful to you. Uh, and if none of this is useful to you, then I'm just here to listen to you and love you as I always have. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's that's perfect. It's beautiful. And I think um for me, just being honest with my daughter, even there have been a couple of times where it's just, I don't really, I wasn't expecting it, but I kind of get a little like maybe emotional or choked up or just, just like, and she hasn't done anything. She's doing, you know, it's just, it's just me. And she's like, mom, what's wrong? Or like, do you not want me to, you know, this, or do you want me, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I've had to tell her like, no, actually like you're, you're doing everything just as how you're supposed to do it. It's me. And so I'm fine. I just have to I just have to deal with it myself and get used to it, you know, but it's not anything you need to do differently. So I can have that conversation with her, you well, know. Also, I think it, your statement is really good. The, the, it's really important to, for, for parents, you know, at all these ages, but particularly the last phase, to have their own social support mm -hmm. available to them because there are, legitimate parenting concerns that you're going to have that you may not want to share with your kid, but you want to share with somebody because, you know, they're really hard for you. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, parenting, you know, parenting is no time to go it alone. You really need right. to have support. And it's not their job to take that on. No, absolutely not. You need to have independent support. You know, we're, um, you know, you can, you know, you, you can feel not alone in doing a very hard thing at the end, which is, you know, you, you, you're growing, you know, you move from extreme holding on to the child to now you're moving to, you know, the letting go. Uh, but the letting go, it is not, you're not deserting the child. You know, you're not in any way forsaking your love of the child. 
you're simply respecting the fact that as adolescence has unfolded, there has been this gathering of self-management authority, which in the last phase of adolescence, uh, freedom from emancip- freedom of emancipation, you know, you know, comes into being. And now it's like you step back and you say, well, here is this, you know, essentially young adult person, you know, and, you know, I am no longer in supervisory or structural, you know, influence of their life anymore. But I am, you know, a constant source of love and also a constant willingness to listen to what they have to say should they wish to say it to me. Perfect. Perfectly said. And and I, I just um, thank you so much for being on the show. I think it was great information. I enjoyed very much my conversation with you. Um, how can everybody find you, get a hold of this book? Well, the, the book, I think, comes out October 4th. And, of course, you can just get it on you know, get it on Amazon or any of the internet booksellers. Uh, I have a blog that I write that I run for, gosh, many, many years for Psychology Today, Surviving Your Child's Adolescence. Mm. I think it has over 12 million reads now. So that's been a, a good way to reach people. Uh, and then I have other other books that are available uh, also on this topic. Uh, if you look me up on uh, uh, on the internet, you can you, know, you can see some of what some of the other books are, uh, but it's uh, uh, I, I I I love the coming of age passage. I've written about it in nonfiction parenting books. I've also written um, three novels about it in fiction. I mean, I just I don't I don't know what what caught my attention about it. It's just been a part of the life experience that has always been extremely moving to me. That's great. Yeah, I would encourage everyone to find you and find your your articles on Psychology Today, your other books, and then get a a hold of this book um, as soon as it comes out. So thank you so much. It was was my pleasure, definitely. Thank you so much. Had fun being with you. Take care. Me too. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor Assisted Living features 90 new private suites, supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.